Good morning and welcome to the Rangers Review Morning Briefing for Thursday the 19th of January. I'm Derek Clark and I'm joined this morning uh, by Joshua Barry who's uh, finally feeling uh, his legs and is all over his limbs, is all his limbs again uh, after uh, an absolutely Baltic night in Kilmarnock. How are we doing Joshua? I'm good, Derek. It wasn't as cold as the Hibs game before Christmas. Anyone that was at that game will remember uh, just how cold it was. But um, no, good looking forward to talking about that. I think there was kind of like all of Beal's performances so far, some really good things, um, some kind of predictable weaknesses. But ultimately, you know, another domestic win. A lot of this Rangers squad have not made a habit of winning at Rugby Park um, in, in recent years. So... Yeah, I think a lot of uh, positive individual performances um, obviously still going to go behind. Um, they just seem to they seem to not start playing until they have to, um, you know, come from behind and, and try and earn a lead. Yeah, they certainly do. Um, before we talk uh, all things uh, Rangers, uh, of course, folks, uh, you can see the little ticker below there. We've still got that great offer on the website just now. Uh, £2 for two months' worth of content. It really is cracking value. Uh, and uh, also, if you want to subscribe to our YouTube channel, that's totally free uh, as well. Uh, and a quick word uh, for our sponsors as well, Seneca Medical Group. You can see the banner uh, on your screen there. Uh, they are the number one hair transplant uh, restoration uh, company in Europe due to its uh, restoration services and innovation techniques. And to date, they've treated over 43,000 hairless sufferers, as they, as they uh, put it. Uh, their mission is a simple one, to change people's lives and restore their lost self-confidence. It's their vision to lead the hair restoration industry to new heights worldwide and offer the most advanced treatments at an affordable rate. Right, let's talk uh, Rangers, Joshua. Um, last night, another three points. Michael Beale continuing that impressive run since taking over as manager, still unbeaten. Uh, had a bit of a scare again last night. It seems to be the norm uh, these days in matches. Kilmarnock uh, busting out the blocks and taking the lead. Rangers looked uh, all over the place for, for the opening five to ten minutes. Uh, Kilmarnock got their goal, got their noses in front, a header, uh, they got a warning sign just prior to that when John McLaughlin was caught in no man's land, but they sent a, a, another corner over uh, and uh, Stokes nodded it into the back of the net. Um, Rangers responded with a good goal of their own. Fantastic uh, spin away from Fashion Zakala, away from Ash Taylor. Uh, cut the ball across for, for uh, Alfredo Morelos and it was a good finish from him. Just bobbled just in front of him before he tapped it home. Uh, and Rangers came out that, again, this, <laughs> it's been much of the story of Michael Beale's tenure so far. A, a, a game of two halves, second half, they dominated proceedings uh, and, uh, yeah, were fully deserving of the three points. Alfredo Morelos got a double. He scored a, a header getting on the end of a Barisic uh, cross. Before that, Ryan Kent uh, had put Rangers ahead with a, a great finish with his right foot following a, a, a breakaway. Uh, and also uh, 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 involved as uh, between those goals uh, was a sending off for Kilmarnock, a second yellow, although I think uh, it's fair to say it could have well have been a straight red for, for Danny Armstrong, who impressed me in the first half, I've got to say, but yeah, lost ahead uh, with a forearm smash into the, the face of Borna Barisic. Um, but wouldn't be Rangers without uh, setting up an edgy uh, final few minutes as Ryan Kent put it um, with a, a fantastic finish goal of the night probably from uh, right big centre half at Kilmarnock volleying 
and uh, uh, volleying the ball into the back of the net past uh, John McLaughlin. But Rangers held on, and it's a three-two win. Joshua, you were there watching it for us. What were your big takeaways from it? Um, yeah, you, you've summed it up well there, Derek, because I think it had a lot of the, the stuff that we've discussed in, in recent uh, weeks going behind um, the goalkeeping position. Rangers looking a little bit vulnerable at points and then making the end of games anxious when they don't need to. The same with the semi-final at the weekend where you have those opportunities Aberdeen have late on. You know, when John McLaughlin was playing that pass short to Barisic last night instead of just kicking it up the pitch and Barisic was playing it onto his left foot rather than his right foot, you just you could see the anxiety that Michael Beals referenced um, recently. But as well as that, and, and although the performance is still obviously a long way, way to go, it's much easier to fix things when you're winning. I thought there was a lot of positives and spells. You obviously can see what Rangers are trying to do, which makes a big difference. Um the big standout for me was was Ryan Kent. I thought Morelos had a strong second half. I actually didn't think he'd been too bad in, in the first half, but beyond his press conference, if you watch that on our YouTube channel, uh, he certainly did. Wasn't happy with his performance in the first half. Um, Komarnik went two up top. Derek McInnes said that the Rangers movement Rangers movement in the final third spooked his Kelly defence, which is a good um, good line from him. Yeah, and I think you, I think you saw that quite a lot. Kent getting into those dangerous positions, especially because Komarnik had two strikers. Um, Barisic got so much room on the left. I don't think his final ball was always great. Um, Morelos kind of drifting towards the left side in the first half, which is where he scores his goal from. And it's actually a really good movement because he hangs back instead of getting sucked into the goal line and another goal involvement for Sakala. But I, th I thought the main storyline probably was Kent for me, Derek, who still has that infuriating. Um, lack of a final ball at times or the decision making that, that evades him i was actually reading an interview with michael beale in 2000 and i think it was 17 when he was still at liverpool under 23s and the thing he was highlight highlighting then about kent saying he can go and play in the premier league he'll be a big player is if he can mature in his decision making and, and i think he still is doing that i think he was doing that towards the end of beale and gerrard's time at the club before and now playing that in that similar free role where he has the freedom to to move everywhere it just keeps him unpredictable and whereas before on the left-hand side because he was always going to be there teams knew okay we can double up on him because we know he's not going to drift in field last night i don't really know how you kind of try and counteract rangers movement because uh, or, or the movement of those attackers because they have freedom it's hard to predict so you, you can't really man mark him uh, you know kamarnik's right back moved in with kent at times but couldn't do that all the time because obviously it leaves a gaping hole in the defense so, so i thought that worked well um, and, and Morelos obviously gets two goals uh, playing in that orange kit, which kind of reminded me of the hat-trick that he scored in one of Steven Gerrard's. I think it was one of his actually his first games in that League Cup win where he got the perfect hat-trick away from home. And, and I thought in the second half he looked a lot sharper. He, he actually attempted almost 50 passes last night, which is just shows yeah. you it's a, it's a lot of... He, he was really heavily involved. Sometimes at times probably too much, and Beal again referenced that in his post-match press conference. Um, but... Yeah, overall for me, I think I think Kent was a standout. And I mentioned as well for Kamara, who I thought looked a lot better, covering a lot for Barisic, doing a lot of simple things that maybe kind of go under the radar, but I thought it was a better performance from him as well. Yeah, I thought Kent was was good last night. Likewise, Morelos getting two goals. That was much more like it um, from him. I thought he did well, led the line well. Uh, although uh, Robert Bunny says, uh, can someone explain why Morelos was given that yellow card? Uh, I, I tweeted last night just for being Morelos. I think uh, it was uh, it didn't look anything in that, but uh, yeah, booked by by Kevin Clancy. 
Um, I think it was an altercation with uh, Armstrong, but um, yeah, it looked a tad on the harsh side, I've got to say. Uh, Jimmy Duff gets in touch. Well, a, a few comments, uh, Joshua. He says that the keeper problem has to be sorted out ASP, ASAP. Graham Corkin, uh, morning, Graham. Uh, another win, if uh, not complete performance. Thoughts from McLaughlin last night. Heart and mouth moments again. Thought he was very dodgy the first uh, opening 10 minutes of the game. Of yeah. course, I mentioned there, coming for cross balls and, and not collecting. Did make some decent stops. Good stop. Uh, coupling at the first half. Saved well from Kel Lafferty in the second. No chance with uh, Kamarnock's second goal. Um, but as uh, I see Michael Beale was talking about it in his post-match press conference uh, as well, Joshua, he sort of admitted that they're going to have to bring a goalkeeper in in the summer and, and they need to make a decision whether John or Robbie McCrory is going to be the number one. The sort of realisation, I think, that Alan McGregor, his time will be up at come the end of the season. What did you make of his comments? Yeah, he's kind of saying what everyone knows. And, and I think even him saying that about McLaughlin and McCrory, is you've got sometimes I think take what uh, Bill says with a pinch of salt because um, he's protecting his players, which is obviously good man management, and, and I think it's worked, and, and it's a reason that he's got all the players on side um, so early. Robbie McCrory isn't fit at the moment, which is yeah maybe one of the reasons why he's not playing. But you know we've been over this so many times before, Derek. I think. McLaughlin has certain strengths. One of them is is meant to be dealing with cross balls. Obviously, that didn't really work last night. Equally, one moment doesn't negate the fact that um, he's done, he has been assured in those situations a lot previously. But it's only natural when Rangers have been so shaky in goals. Whenever something happens, this debate is going to rear its head again. And yep. you know, you wrote a piece last week about the kind of keeper rotation, the way that McGregor. Uh, Sorry, uh, Gerard did that with McGregor and McLaughlin. I think it was six games each they played before he'd left domestically at the start of last season. Looked like Beal was going to try and do that. Um, he was asked if he, he'd continue with that throughout the season. Um, and, and he kind of didn't dodge the question, but he set it up as, as he'd want to, to reply to it. Because he'll know internally that if John McLaughlin's going to come in and make mistakes, then that doesn't support his claim. Um, of, of him being a safe pair of hands so you can just play and he'll get a clean sheet but equally again one performance doesn't negate all the, the previous um, relatively assured showings away from home saying that last night um, you're right because he got the kind of warning sign just before the, the corner before he was caught out and he seemed to come for the ball but not actually attack attack the cross um, and, and, and obviously was caught out um, and then a little there's a few shaky moments with his feet at the end so I don't think there's much new to say, uh, Derek. It's not as if either goalkeeper don't have good things about them. They do. But I think you're seeing with the rotation and as well Alan McGregor's age that neither are in a position to be Rangers number one. Um, Beal said previously that he doesn't mind rotating his keeper. I believe the phrase he used last week was he thinks it's a bit old-fashioned to think he can't um, rotate, rotate keepers for, for certain games. But it's only natural that in the climate of this season uh, and last season where Rangers goalkeeper has generally cost them more than, than they, they've, they've kind of kept out or, or provided in, in previous seasons like Al McGregor did the season before that one, um, that you're going to get a reaction like that whenever either goalkeeper concedes a goal. Yeah. Um, let's get to a few more comments. Uh, this one from Dave Fulton. Uh, it says, uh, Sakala gets another assist. He's on fire under Beal. Seven goal contributions in eight matches. Choo-choo. 
Um, great indeed. ball. I thought that his, his uh, work for the Morelos equaliser was fantastic. Yeah. I thought he faded uh, in, in the second half, perhaps understandable. He has played a lot of football. Um, but another decent performance from him, Joshua. And like uh, Michael Beale said, you touched on earlier, thought that the front three were good last night. Yeah, I think you can see the consistency they're developing together. So Kala just gives you that, um, again, to re- kind of repeat a point. He gives you some, well, I was going to say he gives you something unpredictable, but I feel like he's becoming less of an enigma uh, as the weeks go by, Derek, because he's actually becoming quite dependable. I think Rangers are using his strengths and and minimising his his weaknesses and at times using him from that right-hand side. Um, He can be really effective from there. We've seen that at points under, under Gio. But as well, giving him that freedom to attack the box, you know, he was in there with Morelos for a couple of those headers. Obviously, Morelos gets the, the the third goal of the night from from that kind of position. But he, you know, he's he's starting to to be one of the first picks domestically, and it's a good situation for for Rangers to be in. Again, how many times have they went to Rugby Park in recent years and not had players in their front three who are going to get you goal contributions and there's a tendency, I think, sometimes for assists to not really do justice. You know, it's a stat that, um, as everyone knows, you can pass the ball to someone and they can hit a 40-yard shot. And it's the same as if the you, you were to dribble by five players and, and set on an open goal. But I think if you look at the actual assists that Sakala has laid on last night, it's a really good ball to, to Morelos. Um, if you look at the one in the old firm um, where he finds Kent after driving through a few players, he, he's made a real um, big contribution. Tillman was obviously rested last night. I thought when he came on, you seen a really. Yeah, he, it was like he was in. It was and he was enjoying um, not having to to play in the midfield and just a bit of bit more freedom up top. I presume that was slightly influenced as well by the fact that Rangers didn't have a striker to bring off the bench, and Tillman yes. was probably the only kind of back to goal player that if Morelos was to be injured or they needed to change the game, he could provide them um, that option. Uh, but I thought when you seen you seen when he came on, he was unfortunate with a few moments and and, and Rangers should have added another. Um, but again, similarly to the weekend, I just don't think they're in a place yet where they're, they're going to kill off these games and it, and it sets up an early ending um, as it did last night inevitably. Yeah, good point here from John Park. He says, Sakala's coming on leaps and bounds under Bill. If he improves on his composure and finishing, he would be a, a top striker. Of course, Bill was a coach when uh, they identified Sakala from Belgian football. So he has worked with them before and he certainly is seemingly getting the, the, the best out of him at, at the moment. Um, I like this point from John Dooley. He says, uh, this infuriates me that they don't have players on the post at corners. Surely a lot of these goals we are losing could be avoided. Uh, I've got to uh, say I'm with John in this one, Joshua. Uh, the amount of goals that, that Stephen Davis, um, when he was uh, uh, not, um, sort of hovering around at the post, um, certainly is surely in it into the double figures. Um, they've certainly not done that recently. I would be sticking guys on the post at all at all times. <laughs> would you? Would you just go man for man post? Do your job. There we are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. If you disagree, folks, let us know in the comments. Where do you lie on that, Joshua? Um, probably, probably not your approach. I mean, I, I don't know what the um, what the kind of positives and negatives. Obviously, if you put someone on the post, you take them out of um another area. So there obviously is a reason that that teams do it. Um, I've not got a good case of the defence. Um, off the top of my head. I think you've seen Aberdeen, every um, corner they tried against Rangers, I think, was an in-swinger as well. So it's clearly something that um, 
teams are still targeting regardless of the goalkeeper that's that's in there. Maybe Aberdeen thought it was going to be McGregor, so that was just how they prepared um, their set pieces. Komarnik are obviously strong from that area, but uh, it's, I guess it's always disappointing for a team when they concede from a, a set piece. They, um, they, they, they almost... I think it was almost equalised uh, through Goldson. Um, he had a good chance at the back post from a header as well from a corner. Yeah, um, and in this, you, you see as well, obviously, there is specific attention going into set pieces with um, Harry Watling. You see him whenever it's offensive set piece um, or, or or free kick or defensive. He's at the edge of the technical area, kind of shouting out instructions. Uh, but I, I think the second goal, correct me if I'm wrong, Derek, but I think it might have, it didn't come directly from a free kick, but it was kind of within that phase of play. Um, I think I could be wrong. Um, the Rangers goal? The, the, no, the second Kilmarnock goal. Did, oh, not, yeah, yeah, did yeah. the original ball not come forward from a yeah. from a from a, a free kick? So I, I think it's par for the course that, like uh, uh, that Beal said at the weekend, if Rangers were going to concede against Aberdeen, it was going to be a, a set piece or a, a counter attack. That's how how. Um, teams often, I guess, playing a bigger a bigger team in Scotland will will plan their attacks. But if you can be a lot tighter from that, those two areas defensively, then you make your life a, a lot easier. But you know, as we come keep coming back to Rangers, are, are not yet in that place. Yeah, uh, Denzel says, uh, "Morning, Denzel. At least you get full value for your money." Glue to the game last night from behind my hands until the last second uh, again. And uh, yeah, that's Rangers uh, at the moment. Michael Beale, uh, you, you can watch his. Uh, post-match press conference on our YouTube channel, folks. Uh, it does talk about that, um, but the sort of first five, ten minutes and, and the last five, ten minutes, he doesn't know where it came from, but um, yeah, that's what he's trying to uh, try to fix at the moment. Um, interesting point coming in here uh, as well from uh, the Dobbies. He says, Morning Bears, love Kent's interview last night. Very upbeat about him signing an extension. Um, yeah, this is an interview he gave to uh, Sky afterwards. He was asked about his contract situation. He said, no decisions on my future have been made of yet. I'm concentrating on the remainder of the season. I'm sitting down with the manager and discussing my future. It's not distracting. And then he was asked if it's distracting. Maybe for people discussing it on the outside, it may seem that way, but I'm just concentrating on my game and I have full trust in the manager to keep backing me to play and we'll go from there. He did talk about Michael Beale. He says, the manager has been key in my career since I was a young lad. I have full trust in him, and that's uh, reciprocated. He is a quality manager and coach. What do you read into these comments, Joshua? He's going to be discussing his future with Michael Beale. Uh, that seems to suggest that he wants uh, an agreement to be reached. I think Ryan Kent is obviously enjoying playing football again. Um, he doesn't look like he's carrying the, the weight of the world on his shoulders. Um, it's a piece we're going to have on the website this morning, kind of looking at some of the comments Beale made last night, um, some of the graphics of where he was receiving the ball um, with, with some comparisons. A really interesting comparison in the short map if you look at where he was shooting from before compared to now. And it's something that Kent also referenced um, in his, uh, the interview that you're alluding to there, Derek, saying that um, a, a tweak in his positioning is, is allowing him to get more shots off. He's, he's always more likely to score from those central areas, I think, than out wide. Obviously, he did score that goal after cutting in um, onto his right foot in the old firm. Um, but that was one of kind of few shots where he's found the far corner with his, his right foot after attacking down the left. I, I think he's I actually think he's often better shooting on his his left foot from central areas, but um it was a really good finish last night after kind of making a meal of, of a chance, a three V two chance minutes before. 
you look at someone like Kent and and there's always the worry when a player's contract is up six months down the line that yeah you might have checked out or they'll be so focused on on setting up the rest of their career that they won't be completely in what they are with with said club uh, that season but I think you see with Kent that's not an issue at all whether it be the little things like the way he celebrates a goal or or his performances how they've how they've improved um, I don't think you've ever been able to question his, his attitude, even when he's played badly, whether that be shown for the ball, his, his work off the ball, he always works hard for his team. And and I think now Beal is a manager who really understands him. Um, so a, a point that we've made before, a piece that we've written before about Kent, um, sometimes in, in the final thirds, I, I don't think it's as simple as always just looking at his goals and assists and saying, OK, he's got this, so he must be playing well. Um, Beal said he, he thought he was excellent in the semi-final at the weekend and, and I agree just constantly finding that space in front of the opposition defence which is so hard to mark because if you're putting an extra man in the midfield either they have to they have to compensate in some way or Kent gets on the ball free and then he's in a dangerous area to go and go and attack his marker and, and again the opposition manager McInnes was um, w- was full of praise for Kent last night highlighting him as, as the player in particular that was difficult to deal with so I think he has a lot to be said for enjoying your football um, and Kent looks to be enjoying his football a lot more now under Beale and, and, and that'll only help if he has to stay at Ibrox Derek and he's 26 I'd imagine they still want to play in the Premier League at some point but I think he will he would surely view it as um if he, if he does want to stay, that he can kind of resume where he, he left off with Beal and Gerrard towards the end of that title winning season where he was playing that this position just now in the free role and he, and he was so effective there, have a couple of really good years and, and suddenly if he does sign a new contract, Rangers have you know a real sellable asset in, in Kent in, in the future again. If he can just, I think, improve, particularly his decision-making, just the, the, those passes when he's through on goal, um, which, which I think he still needs a little bit of work on. But yeah, it, it seems as though if there's any manager that's going to get the best out of him, it's Buell. And um, yeah, they've, they've made no secrets of the fact that they're very close and, and um, are both very kind of complementary of one another. Yeah, and uh, there was a comment that came in. Oh, Denzel uh, makes a point. Uh, despite his rehabilitation under Buell, you still have to wonder where he would land if he left Rangers. Best he stays if, uh, for all concerned. Uh, and Mad Dog raises an interesting point. I can see Burnley or Sheffield United picking up Kent for next season in the Premier uh, League down there. Yeah, they're both going great guns in the Championship. I can see them doing well f- for those two uh, clubs. Um, but as a comment uh, a few uh, moments ago said, uh, I doubt he's going to play for a club that adores him and is big yeah. at Rangers. When, when you leave Rangers, you're not going. He's not going to Liverpool or Man United. No. Or, you know. And so, I think he, uh, I think he, I think he, he probably knows that. Just quite. Uh, I was just um, remembered there as well, Derek. I, I was definitely someone who thought at points playing Kent out wide was a good thing and increasingly I think I've changed my opinion on that as, as we all do about a number of things. One of them is he's making less successful dribbles per 90 but if you look at where he's making them there's a difference and you know opposition teams before could know okay Kent's going to be out wide and, and he might be one-on-one against the fullback but they could always plan for um, when he's going to be there how, how they're going to mark him. Um, I think back to a piece that um, it was in the Athletic by Jordan Campbell with uh, the 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 game with Livingston the game before before they drew at Ibrox and and there was a detail in there about how they were going to deal with Kent and I think it was about when the switch of play went over and how um, their right back Nicky Devlin when he was to, to go and engage and how they were going to double up on him I just don't think you can do that with Kent at the moment because sometimes he's getting the ball on the right hand side sometimes he is wide left as he was at the start of the second half sometimes he was central and 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 for me. In, that's been something that 
again, but before maybe I, th I thought that isolating Kent wide at points because he can go either way was really effective. But I think you're seeing when he's closer to goal and making those those impacts closer to goal, hopefully over the course of the season, that will will prove more effective because it's just so hard to, to plan for where he's going to pick up the ball. Yeah, interesting. Um, right, let's talk transfers. Uh, Cameron Donnelly says, any transfer updates? And the Trine Scotsman says, any news on Cantwell or any signings? According to reports, um, Cantwell in discussions with Rangers about a move north. Um, David Wagner, the Norwich boss, has uh, confirmed that uh, he is free to talk to other clubs. Rangers, of course, leading the way as far as we believe. Um, and it's uh, about um, sort of... Uh, persuading him that, that, that Rangers is the best place for him. Uh, there's a great interview I did, folks, with uh, a Norwich City podcaster on our YouTube channel. Uh, I do urge you to go and check out. It gives you an idea of the man as well as the footballer as well and just why it sort of fell in a way uh, for Todd Cantwell in the last uh, few seasons. I've got to say I'm excited at the prospect of signing this boy. Uh, I hope a deal can be done. Uh, the other transfer rumour, of course, is uh, Morgan Whitaker of Swansea City. Uh, spent the first half on loan at Plymouth Argyle, where he was a star man in, in League One, uh, recalled by his parent club. And Michael Beale was asked about Morgan Whitaker last night in his post-match press conference. It's after Russell Martin, of course, formerly of this uh, parish, uh, had a, a, a brief loan spell at Rangers. Uh, I think uh, many supporters would, would uh, like to forget much of uh, his time at Rangers because it was a dark days for the club, certainly on the field. Um, but he said that, that Rangers had failed in a bid for Morgan Whitaker. So Michael Beale was asked about this in his post-match press conference, and he says, did he really? I didn't know we had made a bid, but I'll talk about the player. They have recalled him for a reason. I would say that he was one of the better, if not the best player in League One in the first half of the season. And unless they have recalled him to play him, they must have recalled him to move him to a higher level. I think he's a good player, but there is nothing more than that. And that is not what I have been told in-house. Well, what's going on there, Joshua? Yeah, I know. Uh, and and Bill again, take it, you sometimes take it with a pinch of salt because I think he is a front man and the way he protects his players, um, as we were just talking about, um, maybe that will sometimes lead to kind of deliberate strategies in, in the media. But he did seem generally surprised at that. Um, and after the kind of cameras went off and he was walking out as well, he, he did seem surprised. But but who knows? I mean, obviously there is interest there. I think with the Cantwell um, signing, he's up, his contract is up in six months. So it's a bit of a different situation because Rangers can obviously, once you've uh, six months uh, until your, your, your deal expires, you can negotiate with the club as Kenneth Morelos can at the moment. Um, so it could be a case that Rangers strike an agreement before agreeing a fee, uh, per se, to, to maybe try and bring Cantwell to the club earlier. Um, Morgan Whitaker, we're going to have a scout report on him soon, Derek. Um, I was watching some of them yesterday. Fits the profile of player that Rangers don't have, a left-footed attacker on the right-hand side. Quite impressive goal involvement numbers, uh, nine goals and six assists, um, or maybe seven assists um, in, in League One so far. And people will maybe say, is that the level Rangers need to recruit from? But obviously, look at someone like Joe Rebo. Um, I think if, if as Beale's alluding to, Whitaker was kind of top of the pile in that league, then then um, that shouldn't be viewed as a negative. So looks like an interesting player. And, and you can see, I think, with transfer rumours or speculation, you're always trying to see, well, does he fit what the club would, would be looking for? Does it make sense in this window? And given the age he's at, 22, um, given the fact that it looks as though Swansea have recalled him to, to sell him on, 
um, and the type of player is, I, I think you can see why why it would work. But it was interesting to see that that Beal and, and Martin give quite different takes on it in their respective press conferences yesterday. Yeah, and listen, there's, <clears throat> I can see why, why some supporters are maybe a bit sceptical about uh, trying to target uh, a player that Swansea are looking to sell. Haggis Light says, uh, why are we excited for Whittaker if Swansea struggling in the championship, fired them out on loan to a lower league? What do we as European finalists last season see there? Well, <clears throat> you've got to trust Michael Beale and, uh, and the recruitment staff at Rangers that they must see uh, a potential uh, within them. Uh, I said a previous show, it, uh, Plymouth have come up against Bolton a couple of times. He never played. He was recalled at the uh, the, the match a few weeks ago. He came on as a sub down at Plymouth earlier on in the season, but I can't say he caught the eye on that day. But certainly the Plymouth supporters uh, were raving about him and said he, he was a great player. But doing it for Plymouth isn't exactly doing it for uh, for Rangers. So, listen, it's interesting to see what, what happens with regards to that one. Uh, Aldo says that if we do sign Cantwell, what position will he play? Uh, this is a po- this is a question that I asked at the Norwich podcaster and he says he doesn't even know uh, because yeah. uh, he played a whole host of positions. Uh, he said he, he likes him playing in the, the number 10 role uh, the sort of uh, centrally as opposed to sort of out in the left-hand side. Where could you see him playing, uh, Joshua, if, if he was to sign? Yeah, we've got a scout report on the website, which one of myself and Derek can stick in the comment section because it kind of covers this. Um, I, I think under Bill, you're seeing rather than players having a set position, maybe they have a role. So you have your two kind of deep line defensive players. You have maybe two more attack minded midfielders ahead of that and two, two, two goal scorers. But as we've just discussed with Kent, he could be picking the ball up all over the pitch, as we discussed yesterday with Sakala. He's played largely off the right, but then has made quite an impact off the left with his goal at Dundee United and then um, the red card in, in the semi-final as well. So I think if you're looking at what strengths Cantwell has, um, it's covered in, in, in the piece. But I do, again, I don't think he's a, a winger who you'd want to isolate out wide, which isn't the type of player that Bill wants anyway, so that's fine. But he's better when he's, he's kind of receiving the ball under pressure. And there's an interesting quote um from an interview he did kind of discussing his own game in, in the piece that Derek just put in the comment section, which um, references why he prefers kind of basing his movement off defenders and and um, as opposed to kind of going 1v1, how he views his dribbling technique. Some really interesting detail in there. I think he'd be kind of maybe the, the third attacker in that midfield, maybe provide some rotation with Tillman. Um, Derek, yeah. I'm, I'm sure he could play in the front three as well. But I th- what, what would he give you? I, I think he'd be really strong box to box. Um, he's a clever player. I don't think he's, as I say, a wide winger. I think he could play that kind of 8-10 hybrid role on, under Beal quite successfully. And, and he's a ball carrier and Rangers probably don't have an, enough of those. I know they have Kent and Tillman, but for me, you want to keep Kent t- uh, higher. You don't want him picking the ball up too much off his centre-backs. Um, so, yeah, he's a player that obviously has so much talent because as we've discussed previously of the links that, that he's had the fact that he's played in the Premier League and impressed the fact that he was so good for Norwich in the season they were promoted and then it's just not worked out for the, the reasons that are outlined in, in that video Derek but yeah if, if you go and read that piece hopefully it gives you a bit more context as to what his strengths are and, and maybe where he could fit in um, under Beal if he were to come up the road yeah, and on the point of Whitaker, John Dooley says if we had we've had success with League One players before a rebo, for instance, I trust Michael Beale's judgment. Yeah, if they can uh, 
Uh, I have similar success with, with Morgan Whitaker if uh, a de deal is agreed. Then uh, certainly, I think uh, the majority of supporters would be would be pretty satisfied with that. Um, right, folks, that'll do us there. Thanks to everyone for interacting with the show as ever. There is loads on the website uh, this morning. Uh, lots of reaction from last night's uh, three-two win at Rugby Park. Do go check it out. We've got loads coming on later on in the day uh, as well. Just a reminder of that offer, £2 for two months worth of content. It's a cracking deal. Head over to rangersreview.co.uk forward slash subscribe for all the details. We'll be back again tomorrow, but until then, enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Bye for now. <laughs>